Mum Talk is supported by Bugaboo. 20 years ago, Bugaboo started a stroller revolution, changing the game with innovative products that had at their heart the desire to make parents' lives easier. Bugaboo continued to invent, develop, test and manufacture truly revolutionary products. Made to use every day, designed to last a lifetime, there's a Bugaboo pram, pushchair or stroller to suit every family's needs. Bugaboo know that it's not always easy, but the it's always worth it. They get that you're a parent and a person. And with their extraordinary products, we've got this for Mum Talk podcast listeners, a 10% saving on Bugaboo products available this month, November 2019. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash mumtalk using promo code mumtalk10 at checkout, capital letters, and choose the pram, pushchair, stroller, car seat, or accessory to suit your lifestyle. Terms and conditions apply. Bugaboo reserve the right to terminate this offer at any time. Hello and welcome to Mum Talk Series 5, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. On this podcast, I share my journey of literally having no idea what I am doing, from pregnancy to life now with a baby. Through the podcast, I am joined by not only incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. You can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Maybe you have a cup of tea with your feet up or perhaps your jogging shoes on and you're off for a stroll. Whatever and wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk Series 5, Episode 10, which means this is the last episode in this series and you know what, I can tell it is and I can tell it's one with me because I've started this recording, I think this is the sixth time I've started because I've waffled on about something completely irrelevant and thought this is of no interest to anybody. So starting afresh, but I've said to myself this is the last time I am pressing record because you guys are listening on a Wednesday morning, right? Well, it's Tuesday, so this was yesterday. Um, it's Tuesday right now, it's lunchtime, Amandine's napping and I am recording because I want to record for you guys about my breast end of my breastfeeding journey, which you have asked me to put in this podcast over and over and over and over again because it is not talked about. It is not talked about. The minute I started I mean, documenting in inverted commas, because I've literally popped just a few posts about it on Instagram. But the minute I put that on Instagram, I was inundated with messages saying, please, please, please talk about this on your podcast. Please talk about it on the podcast. I can't find any information on stopping. I don't know how to stop. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to feel. So I can give you fresh insight into all of that. But please remember, I'm only talking from my experience. Every single person is different. Every single woman's body is different. Every single baby is different. Every single set of boobs. In fact, every single individual boob is different. So if you are stopping your breastfeeding journey, please just remember this is my experience and it may well be very different for for you. But there are certainly some things that I have learned over the last week that I will share with you. So we'll touch on that. Well, we won't touch on it. We'll go into it um, in a few moments. 
First of all, I all I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this series. It's been a little bit different. There's been loads and loads more guests on than normal. Um, and I hope you have found some really valuable information from it and taken away some really valuable in- information from it for you to use on your journey. Or you've had a few of those moments of like, oh, okay, that's why. Or um, So I really hope you've been able to find something useful from it. So... I will also answer your questions because you guys did send me through a whole bunch of questions um, on Instagram and direct messages and email. I will touch on those towards the end, but they are actually very big topics which I haven't discussed or, or what's come up mostly are topics that I haven't actually discussed and the reason I haven't discussed them is because I haven't got experience with them with Amandine it either hasn't happened for us or we it it hasn't happened for us yet um so if that's the case when we go through the questions at the end I will try and recommend maybe someone who I might have come across on Instagram for you to go and check out or perhaps someone who I know of where you can seek some more advice on that. Um, But I don't want to share with you anything that I haven't experienced myself because that's what this, you know, this isn't about that. And um, I want to be able to share my experience with you um, and how I have dealt with certain things. And I don't want to lead you up the garden path. And pretend I know about something that I don't. So if you do have a question and I haven't touched on it or I've been no help at all in this podcast to you, then please DM me and just say, Emma, can you please put my question up on your Instagram? And there are loads of mums who are really awesome, and I'm sure you're one of them, who will perhaps answer the question um, and be able to share their experience because maybe they've had it with their uh, little one. So do DM me and um, ask me to put your question up on there and we'll try and collectively get you an answer. So right now um, I'm pretty tired, (laughs) which is why I'm possibly waffling already. Um, I went down to my mum's this past Sunday to get some help because actually this was pretty much the first time where I've really thought, oh holy moly, I need some help. (laughs) I am exhausted. I don't know whether this is the hormones from stopping breastfeeding or my body has just, it's been fighting off that virus that Amandine had for a couple of weeks and it's pretty much only just gone today. I was still quite nasal yesterday Um, so it's pretty much only just gone today so I've had that good for over two weeks. Obviously helping Amandine also get over her um, virus, whatever that was. Also stopping breastfeeding, the toll that that takes on the body, I completely didn't realise. And yeah, I think I'm just getting to that point where it's been over 365 days of waking up at the crack of dawn and not getting as much rest as I need and not putting myself first and not asking for much help. So I went to my mum's and when I arrived, her face... (laughs) Her face said it all, really. You know when someone looks at you and they don't say it, but they're like, oh, you're tired. I'm really going to try not to swear in this podcast, but I'm sure you guys probably know what I mean. And I just saw her face look at me like that, and I was like, mummy. (laughs) Anyway, a few cuddles from my mum later, and we went for a lovely walk down to the beach, which was very refreshing. And unlike, you know what I'm like, I just shove Amandine in the backpack or on my front and I carry her. I actually push, push the pram, um, which even though my mum lives like literally on a cliff edge, um, 
I it was still less less uh, energy use taking the pram than it was uh, carrying her so we went down to the beach had a lovely stroll the sun was shining it's got a bit of vitamin d and um then had some lunch and even my mum just cooking for us for Amandine and I Hendrik's been working took so much weight off my shoulders and just being able to relax and have food just literally plopped in front of me and Amandine was brilliant (laughs) so brilliant and then um in the afternoon we just played with Amandine and I pretty much sat on the sofa whilst my mum played with Amandine and helped Amandine cruise around the sofa and cruise around trying to use her little leggies she's not walking yet yes she is 14 months no she's not walking yet Um, But I am trying to encourage it. Not because I feel left behind, because that's not a big deal to me. I don't really mind. Amandine was really late to the crawling party, so I expect her to be late to the walking party. But it is making my life quite difficult. I'm really noticing, actually, um, a definite weakness developing in my lower back from picking her up uh, 14 months in, and probably not... Um, identifying the muscles that I need to identify when lifting her up so I would like her to start walking and I'd also I think it would make play dates a little bit easier because a lot of my friends now whose babies are the same age are walking and it would be really nice to go outside and get fresh air and be able to let them run to run around rather than having to always go somewhere where you can push a buggy at the same time and yada 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 I'm probably overthinking it in my mind but um it would be really nice to have that option of Amandine walking now. <laughs> so I did, well, my mum actually bought her a little, I think it's called a, a, oh no, what's it called? A wobbler, a toddler wobbler, I think, which is a weird name because you'd think it's actually quite a stable piece of kit. Kit. Um, kit. <laughs> oh God, I am tired. Uh, but no, it's brilliant, and we've filled it full of blocks, and she's starting to push it around. She's really happy on her feet, but she wants to do it herself, and that's the problem. If you try and practice walking with her, or you take her hand, she's not interested. She wants to pull herself up on the furniture, and then she wants to cruise around, or she wants to hold on to something that she can walk by herself on. But it was so funny last night, because she's used to sitting on her plane, putting her feet up, and we kind of rum rum the plane round the uh, living room. So when this toddler wobbler arrived, essentially a walking aid, baby walker, um, <laughs> she got in it. She didn't go to push it, she got in the damn thing. I was like, no, Amandine, this is not the idea. This is not the idea. Anyway, of course, silly old me was like, okay, we'll do one vroom vroom. Anyway, this morning, she spent the whole time trying to climb into it on top of all of her bricks, and she sits in it, and she goes, vroom, vroom, vroom. So, yes, not ideal. But anyway, I think I'm encouraging her to walk. We also bought her her first shoes. Now, I was really reluctant to do this because a lot of advice says don't put them in shoes until they're confidently walking because they need to be on their own own soles of feet to own, yeah, soles of feet to be able to walk. And I'm not so sure with Amandine, in in my experience, obviously, because we've got tiled floors and it's really hard and it's cold, 
and she's in socks most of the time. I'm obviously really nervous about her slipping and I think she's quite nervous about her slipping. So when we actually put these shoes on, she seemed to want to cruise around a lot more. And we didn't, we got her the shoes because when I was pregnant, if you are, if you've listened to the podcast since day one, you will know the story of me telling Hendrik I was pregnant. It's quite funny. Go back and listen if you haven't. It's way, way early in, um, early on. I gave him a the pregnancy text in the box with a pair of vans, like baby vans. And they Amandine found these in her wardrobe the other day and she started putting them on and she loved them. She loved taking them on, taking them off. She loved us walking with her um, in them. But they're massive. She's got two and a half size feet and she's... Yeah, they're absolutely massive. That's baby, by the way. I don't even remember what the letter was. I can't remember. Um and so I thought okay well let's get her some smaller shoes and hopefully then she can crawl around in these ones and they'll just be perfect anyway so we got went to Clark's and we got the I think they're called first walkers or something but they're the really really soft soles they're just little velcro um put little velcro ones on but they're brilliant they're great and Amandine seems to love them she seems to love putting them off and taking taking them off and putting them on even (laughs) um and it's uh, it's working really well for her and it gives her a lot more confidence strolling around, I think. 99% of the time, don't get me wrong though, she's not wearing them. So she's not in them all the time. She's literally in them for a little bit of each day and I don't think there's anything wrong in that and I don't think there's anything wrong in getting her used to shoes either. What else can I share about... I was talking about how I was so tired, wasn't I? So, yes... I haven't taken enough time for myself, but the point of me telling you that I went to my mum's was to say, don't be afraid to ask for help. I really haven't asked for help hardly at all. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm almost feeling really rather overwhelmed. I have a lot on. Um, I have this event coming up, which you know, next week on Monday. And I think as with any event, there's obviously a certain level of stress. I used to organise events a lot in way way back Um, and also when I was teaching yoga I used to organize a lot of events so I love doing it but there's a lot of things to think about and there's a lot of um balls up in the air essentially I was gonna I was gonna use some kind of egg example but I couldn't think of one off the top of my head essentially I'm just trying not to drop a big box of flipping eggs on the floor and everything crack and smash into lots of little pieces uh, including my stress levels so yeah I've got that next week um and just trying to get all of that sorted I've had to pull the plug on a few bits for it because they're just not working out and um yeah so we'll see how we'll see how it goes and of course you know I'm a little bit nervous because I like talking to you guys behind a mic and I'm not so great at talking well I I really enjoy it don't get me wrong but I'm not so good at being about the centre of attention and everyone looking at me so if you're coming just don't look at me maybe I'll face the chairs in the other direction no I'm only kidding I won't I won't really um but no it's really really exciting and I am looking forward to it I can't wait but yeah, asking for help. So I've actually asked, my mum is going to come up on Sunday because Hendrik's working on Sunday. So my mum's going to come up on Sunday afternoon to allow me to get everything sorted and finished and car packed and everything. So it's going to be quite an early morning so I can go and set up. And then I've just said to my mum, you just have to take over Amandine on Monday. Like I would love you to be there for some of it. But I think for the actual panel discussion, it's probably a good idea she isn't there. 
because I don't think she's going to sit with my mum and just be like, oh yeah, this is fun. Mummy's up on the stage there chatting away with these lovely people and I'm stuck down here. (laughs) I don't think she'll stay down with her grandma. Um, So I think my mum's going to pop out and then she'll pop back so I can have Amandine uh, with me when I'm when I'm meeting you all, because that'll be really, really nice. Okay, let's move on to stopping breastfeeding, because that is something I really, really want to talk about lots in this podcast, because I think it's really important. It hasn't been talked about much at all, I don't think. When I was searching, there are lots of There were quite a few blog posts on it, um, quite a few suggestions of what to do, uh, but of course, (laughs) I looked at those after stopping, didn't I? Because it was more like, is this normal? (laughs) So I knew when when Amandine was born, I didn't really have an end date or an amount of time that I wanted to get to with breastfeeding as such. Hendrik did. I didn't. So in Hendrik's mind, he was like, I'd like you to stop breastfeeding at six months. And obviously I was saying, uh, yeah, you got me joking. <laughs> um, when Amandine was born, when he was first saying that, you know, and in the beginning, I was like, oh, when I was pregnant, I was thinking, you know, uh, who knows? Breastfeeding might not be easy for me. I might absolutely hate it. But of course it wasn't like that. As you guys know, I adore breastfeeding. I still adore breastfeeding. My heart breaks when I realise I've actually stopped breastfeeding. (sighs) If I thought Amandine was going to be our only child, we would like to have another one. If I thought Amandine was going to be our only child, I don't think I would have stopped. I think it's the fact that I know that I can have, or hopefully, touch wood, um, have another little one. And I will hopefully have just as nice a breastfeeding journey with the next little one um that's kind of what's keeping me going is I guess by the way I'm not pregnant that kind of sounded like I was pregnant I'm not pregnant and I probably will tell you actually um when I am if I am if I'm lucky enough to become pregnant I will tell you um but no I'm not pregnant so I stopped because Amandine she had that virus and she was breastfeeding, 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 breastfeeding. I was giving her feeding even in the daytime. And then we stopped the daytime ones again when she just wasn't asking for them. And um, I should say that probably I dropped the lunchtime and the kind of, I dropped the post-nap breastfeeds, I should say, after um, quite, well, quite some time ago. So I gave my body a long, long time to adjust I did stop them quite some time ago, and that's the mistake I made this time. So I decided to stop because, yeah, Amandine was um, not taking anything in the evening. She would literally attach herself to my boob, take maybe a suck, and then want to go in her cot. So I took it as a sign, and I thought, okay, yeah, amazing, let's do that. So then the following night, she didn't have any again in the evening. And I think again the following night, she didn't have anything again, um, which was great. But then in my mind, I was thinking, okay, Amandine's clearly ready. I would quite like a bit more sleep in the mornings. This seems like a pretty good time to drop the morning feed. I didn't really give my body a look in. I didn't, which is what I should have done, thought okay, how's my body going to react to this? 
I should probably give my body a bit of time to stop making the evening milk so my body only has to think about stop making the morning milk because what essentially happened when I stopped, I stopped both the morning and the evening feeds with about two days in between with about quite a high demand aside from a few days prior to that from Amandine because she was ill. So then I think that's why this last week has been so extremely uncomfortable especially the first few days because my morning milk was coming in my evening milk was coming in and my body was having to adjust to dropping two feeds at once rather than one and that was so unintentional from my side I just didn't think it just didn't cross my mind and then of course once we'd done one morning and one evening of no milk, and Amandine had handled it like a flipping pro, we didn't really want to go backwards. I didn't really want to think, oh, okay, I'll put Amandine back on the boob. She can clearly do it, but actually, I'm going to give her boob for another few weeks. Maybe I should have done that. I don't know. Maybe I should have done that. Um, but I think if you're at the beginning of your journey, or you're thinking about doing it, and dropping the feeds, I would highly, highly, highly recommend, from what happened to me, dropping one feed at a time and that's probably not new news to you and you know if I really think back it wasn't new news to me either I just didn't think at the time I just wasn't using my brain at the time and putting myself first essentially I was putting Amandine first I thought well you know she's she's ready let's do it so what happened was drop the evening feed no problem she would be put down by me um I think she was put down by me once actually and it wasn't a problem the mornings, however, were a little bit more tricky because she normally drank a lot in the morning and she would come into bed with me. So we weren't only stopping the coming into bed with me and have lots of cuddles We were and have some milk. We were stopping, you know, that and the milk. So um, the first time we tried, Hendrik was meant to get her, actually. I'm just thinking back. Yeah, Hendrik was meant to get her, but actually I did because she woke up. Hendrik wasn't awake. So I grabbed her out of bed, we went straight downstairs, put her porridge on, tried to keep her, you know, occupied. She wasn't she wasn't yearning for milk, she was just a bit confused, I guess, as to what was going on. But it was imperative that I did this quickly, because before, when I took her into my bed to feed, she would lose her rag pretty quickly if she wasn't on the boob really quickly. A week on, and it has been, it's been a week and one day, so I stopped feeding unintentionally, completely unintentionally, but I stopped feeding bang on 14 months. So Amandine was to the day, 14 months. So the 4th of November, she was 14 months. Um, and I made her her porridge straight away and sat her down to eat and she was totally fine. And she just has been totally fine ever since. Um... And we did substitute a little bit in the evening, so we would give her a tiny, or offer her, I should say, because she never actually took it, but offer her a little bit of warmed almond milk. And she only literally took about one or two sips. So that's actually getting a bit more frequent now. So I have the last couple of nights just been topping her up very, very slightly. And I wouldn't even say it's a top up because it's literally two or three sips of almond milk, but I have it there to offer her if she wants it. And it's from a cup. So for NHS guidelines, if I'm right, always check for yourself, of course, but I think how I have interpreted the NHS guidelines is that when they're a year old, you don't necessarily have to um, replace 
breastfeeding with milk. If they're getting two portions of dairy a day, I believe that's okay. So it's, I believe it's 350 ml of milk or two portions of dairy a day. Now, Amandine gets at least two portions of dairy a day. So she has at least two portions of yogurt. I would say she definitely has cheese every day. And then she has fortified almond milk in her porridge. She has fortified almond milk with snacks in her drink. Um, so she gets a lot. I think she gets more than enough. We're also giving her her vitamins now. So uh, I think it's Nurture Nature or Nature Nurture vitamins. Um, we're also giving her those. So I think we are doing what's right for us and it's working. Amandine has a brilliant appetite. She eats a huge bowl of porridge in the morning. She eats a gazillion blueberries, huge amounts of peanut butter. Um, actually, I'll add now that she had her first allergic reaction the other day. She had an allergic reaction to cashew nuts. So we are waiting on a letter for a appointment with the paediatric allergy specialist, I guess that's something, they're called something like that. Um, for Amandine to have some skin prick testing to just see how bad the cashew nut allergy is. What I did was I gave her a tiny bit of one of those naked bars and she'd had everything, because I was eating it, and she had everything in that naked bar aside from cashews. So it must be the cashews. She's never had cashews before. Um, I gave her maybe literally measuring from the tip of the finger down to the first bit of knuckle. Uh, first kind of bend in the finger like that much not even an inch of the bar and um, she ended up having a really swollen lip with a blister and a swollen side of the face so it wasn't a huge 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 reaction but definitely worth testing just to see how bad it is um, so in the meantime we're steering well clear of of cashews if um, well, all I did for that was because we didn't have a bad, bad reaction, we didn't need to seek medical attention. I called the doctor the next day and just talked him through what had happened. And then he said that he'll send a referral letter through to the people that we need to see at um, X to our DNA. So back to breastfeeding and, and stopping breastfeeding. So obviously for the first, I would say five days, my boobs were incredibly engorged. So many of you kind, kind, kind people sent me through messages on how to help with that. A lot of you said, uh, use my pump to like take a little bit of milk out every now and again. I didn't do that because I was hand expressing just enough to relieve the pressure. And also the pressure wasn't painful. It was just pressure. A few times it was sore and extremely uncomfortable, but I wouldn't have said it was pain, pain, pain. Um, maybe a little bit now and again, mostly sleeping, lying down and having that kind of weight on your chest and being uncomfortable that way. So I took ibuprofen in the evenings for, I would say, four evenings I took ibuprofen. Um, just to help, apparently ibuprofen also helps to reduce your milk, um, your your milk peppermint tea I think or mint tea is also I think peppermint maybe it's peppermint is also there to help to reduce your milk supply and fennel I was also told about fennel and da, 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 I think that was it actually um and then cabbage the good old famous cabbage 
thing. So I went and bought a cabbage, probably did it a bit late, I think I bought a cabbage on day four, I eventually managed to get to the shops once again, not putting myself first, surprise, surprise, um, and I got a Savoy cabbage, I don't know if that's the best one to get, I'd probably go for a more flat-leafed cabbage if you can, um, but one wonderful woman sent me a little bit of advice about the cabbage, I thought you literally just peeled off the leaves and shoved it on your boob, apparently not. Apparently you're meant to crush up the cabbage leaf a little bit so the juices from the cabbage leaf can come out onto your boob. So it's not just the cooling effect of the cabbage, it's the actual juice within the cabbage leaf that needs to go into your skin, is my understanding from what this lovely lady said. So she said, wash the leaf, pat it dry, squish it up a bit or bash it with a rolling pin, then put it inside your bra. I also read something else that your nipple shouldn't be covered. You should leave a little hole for your nipple. So I essentially cut out like the big vein of the cabbage in the middle and created like a little V shape and then my nipple like slotted into the V shape, if you see what I mean. Um, sorry if you're listening, you don't particularly want to know about my boobs. Maybe fast forward. Um... So that's how I did that, put it inside my bra. The lovely lady also recommended to cling film, wrap it or plastic wrap it somehow onto your body or tie like a top round or at least wear an old bra that you don't care about because if you wear a light coloured or a white coloured bra, the cabbage juice might stain. But also, not just stain, but if you're wearing material, the cabbage juice will soak into the material rather than soak into your skin. And I guess that's the thing, is un- how incredibly unenvironmentally friendly it is I guess cling film wrap if you have it is probably the best thing to use to wrap it around you but yeah not that great for the environment so use sparingly if you have it in your cupboard um I guess you could also tape it but you just want to be wearing something that isn't going to absorb the cabbage juice also someone mentioned about wearing breastfeeding bras because everywhere online it says to wear a tight-fitting bra and I guess that helps to just suppress the milk a little bit maybe suppress the boobs I found that I definitely found that the minute I took off my bra I would start to have me leaking milk so try and keep your bra quite tight however 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 if you're going to sleep in your bra and I don't mean I don't mean tight I need to explain this quite carefully because I don't want you to all go and tighten your bras don't necessarily tighten your bra, I mean I'm talking about quite a form-fitting bra, like one that's quite close to the skin. Um, But if you're wearing one of the breastfeeding bras that has a clip, so it has a section of bra which keeps the bra attached to you essentially, and then the flap that folds down, she said that if that the bit that's closer to your skin gets too tight, then that can block milk ducts and then lead to potential mastitis. And I think that's how she got mastitis because she was wearing too... Well, that that section of the bra was too tight. So if you're sleeping in a bra like that, maybe don't. Maybe sleep in a um, soft bra, like a really soft bra and not a breastfeeding bra necessarily. I had one left over from uh, when I was newly pregnant... Um, and it's just one that you pull to one side so it doesn't have any latches, it doesn't have any internal sections, it's not a flap down one, it's just a pull across one and then also I had some super super soft bamboo yoga bras that I was wearing just to sleep in for the night time and I put some pads in so my 
flipping breast pads got some more use I got some brilliant reusable breast pads and I'm so so pleased I did because I never thought I would have to use breast pads towards the end of my breastfeeding journey so I'm really pleased they were in my drawer ready to go um and do wear them in the day I found because it doesn't take much for your boobs to suddenly think oh too much milk in here I'm going to just expel some of that, get rid of some of that. I was typing away at my laptop doing some emails and then all of a sudden I saw Hendrik's eyes go to my boobs and I thought, that's not normal. Hendrik doesn't normally voluntarily just stare at my boobs anymore. <laughs> Those days have gone, my friends. And yeah, it wasn't. It was because I had a wonderful round wet patch on my boobie. Lovely. So new top, new bra, new breast pads. Um, yeah, so do wear those in the day, especially if you're going out and about, and especially if you're going to baby wear, oh my goodness, but actually baby wearing, probably out of the question for a good few days. I haven't worn Amandine um, for ages, so actually the bugaboo has been a flipping godsend, I must say, a flipping godsend. So I'm going to summarise because I'm very aware that I'm waffling now on this breastfeeding topic, stopping breastfeeding topic. So my recommendations would be on my experience remember my my experience think about your body first think about your body first what you how you're going to feel about it and um how you are going to cope with potentially engorged boobs they will probably be engorged if you've had a good milk supply and maybe even if you haven't I don't know I can't say from that respect but think about your body and if you have only dropped one feed or dropped two feeds, just think about how that's going to affect your boobs and if they're going to become engorged. Get in some cabbage, get in some ibuprofen, get in some peppermint tea, maybe get in some fennel if you can stomach it. Um, get in all of those bits and pieces. Tell your other half, whoever that might be, or if there isn't another half, tell your family or whoever's in close proximity to you that you might not be your best self <laughs> at this time I haven't touched on that bit yet but I will uh, the hormones are huge I found um, I'm still incredibly hormonal I'm not going to lie I'm very hormonal I'm very irritable I have zero patience I'm very tired um, it's uncomfortable it's frustrating you can't really it's painful I'm, I'm in my experience it was painful it was uncomfortable yeah to say the least however upside to all of this is I'm much, much better. My boobs now resemble two wonderfully flat, deflated, fluffy pancakes. Um, yeah. So it does end, and they are so much better. Keep checking for mastitis, so I would say every single day, if, if once, if not twice, if not three times, check in the mirror for any slightly pink patches, for any hot patches in your boob, for any lumps that really feel uncomfortable to the touch. So I had plenty of lumps in my boobs when all of this was going on, but none of them... I could, I could massage them away, you know? None of them I would touch and think, oh my gosh, I'm not going there again. Hot baths, hot showers... And express a teeny tiny little bit out, but remember, every time you do express something out, your boobs call for more, and that's what I found, was the more I expressed out, the more my boobs filled again. So I really did try and keep expressing out to the minimum, minimum, minimum. Um, what else can I say on it? Yeah, so on the whole hormonal thing, everyone's hormones are very different, everyone's hormones affect everyone very differently, but... Uh, yeah, 
they're quite extreme in that um, I just didn't have any patience for anyone around me. So just be prepared, just be prepared. And try and tell the people around you to give you a little bit of a break. Like now is not the time to be nagging that your house isn't clean or that you're not eating healthily and need to make more effort with foods. These are just things that are coming to mind, by the way, because I may have just had this kind of conversation with Endrick. <laughs> um, so do just take a moment to think about how this is going to affect you. And of course, you know, if you're ready, only do it if you're ready. The I'm, I was ready. Amandine was very, very ready. Yet I couldn't talk about this at all until now really without breaking down in tears and feeling like my world was kind of ending so I was stopping breastfeeding my child and I wasn't going to have that close connection and Amandine wasn't going to possibly need me anymore and it passes I don't feel like that anymore I'm getting the most wonderful hugs if not even more hugs than I've ever had before because we have that closeness and we're just bonding even more I guess because we don't have that you know she doesn't need my boobs anymore so we're bonding in other ways so it's still beautiful it really is um but you know if you're not ready and you're doing it that side of things I can only imagine would be even worse um of course I can't share experience on you know if it's not your choice and we do I do have to remember that there will be some of you who stop and it's not your choice and you're not ready. Maybe your baby's ready or maybe something else is going on for you, which means that you have to stop. Um, And that sucks. That really sucks. Um, And my heart goes out to you because I'm not entirely sure how I would handle that one. So I really feel for you if you're in that situation and you're not ready. Um, Because, yeah, that's, that's not fun. Bugaboo has a range of amazing prams, pushchairs and strollers that are designed for many different lifestyles. And after 20 years of inventing, developing and rigorously testing, they really do know how to create amazing products. The Bugaboo B5 is made for the city with one-handed steering and nimble handling, advanced suspension for longer naps and a super strong chassis. It makes navigating city streets fun and is small enough to nip onto public transport or pop into your favourite cafe. The Bugaboo Fox is effortlessly manoeuvrable, extremely light and comfortable for parent and child. The super responsive handling is like power steering, while the big wheels and amazing central joint system that only Bugaboo know how to design creates a smooth, comfortable ride for your child. The Bugaboo Chameleon 3 Plus is the iconic design that has been tested to ride from Amsterdam to Shanghai, which is equivalent to around 10 years of use. It's just so easy with a combination of large and small wheels for town or country, a reversible handlebar, simple to fold and very light to carry. The Bugaboo Donkey 2 provides multiple options, whether for one child, two of different ages or twins, always travelling effortlessly comfortably, even when fully loaded. I especially love the idea of two children side by side as they can ride along together as they share their first years. And we've got this for Mum Talk podcast listeners, a 10% saving on Bugaboo products available this month, November 2019. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash mum talk using promo code mumtalk10 at checkout, capital letters, and choose the pram, pushchair, stroller, car seat, or accessory to suit your lifestyle. Terms and conditions apply. Bugaboo reserve the right to terminate this offer at any time. Okay, so 
Let's talk about some sleep. You, loads of you guys have asked how Emmeline's sleep's going, and I have to say, she's a trooper. She's such a good little sleeper. Um, when she was ill, that wasn't so cool. Uh, she was sleeping on me, but of course she's ill, so I can't really, you know, she's ill. No one sleeps well when they're ill, do they? Um, but otherwise, she's been going down between 7 and 7.30, I would say, maybe 7 and 7.45 actually, really depends. Like last night, she didn't go to bed until about 7.45, 8 o'clock, because Hendrik was late getting back. We'd been away the night before, and I think she wanted to see Papa, so we stayed awake. Um, she still woke up at the same time, like half past six, quarter to seven, which is fine, you know, it's fine, it's totally doable that time. I'm not saying I would say that at 6.30 in the morning. I'm not an early riser. I used to be, but not so much right now. Um, but she sleeps solidly through the night normally. She'll occasionally have a bad dream, and I still do wonder, where do they get their bad dreams from? I know there's a natural fear of falling, isn't there? And there's another natural fear, I can't remember what it is, that they have from a young age. Um, but I don't really understand how they can have nightmares at this age. I'm intrigued. If any of you know more, I'd love to do an episode um, about that next podcast because I think I find it fascinating what people know about what goes on in babies' brains. Um, but no, she's been sleeping really well. We still are on two naps a day. I still um, champion putting her in her PJs, really making a big routine around naps. So every single nap is pretty much still in her cot. We'll occasionally do a day out, in which case she'll be in her buggy and she doesn't sleep as long, but I just know that it's an earlier bedtime. And so long as it's not every day, it has very little effect on Amandine. Amandine is not her best self when she doesn't have much sleep, just like her father. Um, so I do really try and make sure that she's had good sleep, good naps, because if she doesn't, she is grouchy. But yeah, I do always try and make a consistent sleep environment for her. So white noise machine, sleep bag, PJs, every single nap. And I know some of you may be thinking, oh my God, every single nap. And yeah, sometimes I'm also thinking every single nap. I've got to go through all of that again. But it's not necessarily just doing it and you know the effort required it's creating an environment for Amandine where it triggers that thing that says oh yeah okay we're doing what I know we're doing I've done it since I was a baby and um I've got to go to sleep now so I'm going to go to sleep now because we can literally lie her down in her cot and she'll roll over and she'll go to sleep within minutes which is brilliant because it means that I have time to do work um I have time to rest a little bit and Hendrik and I actually get an evening. I'm just watching her roll around in her cot now as we speak. As we speak. Which is a little bit early, Amandine. I'm not ready for you to be done yet. Um, which brings me on to work, actually. And I wanted to discuss um, or chat through a little bit of where I'm at with that. Because a lot of you are asking, you know, um, I'm going back to work. I don't know how to deal with it. I mean, I... I would say I've been working kind of on and off for quite a while now um, and I've been trying to do it every time Amandine's napping or in the evening. Now at the moment I don't have energy to do it in the evening so it is just when Amandine is napping. Now nappy, nap, nappies, naps are getting shorter and shorter. We are, we're not there yet but we are headed for um, a one nap a day I'm sure and that's fine how I'm going to do all of this in one nap a day, I have no idea. Um, 
But I also, and in fact, one thing that Hendrik said to me before I came up to record this podcast, he was like, you're always putting your work first. And obviously that hit me with quite a bit of force because I don't think I am putting my work first. I mean, Amandine comes first, but actually work probably comes before Hendrik, which isn't ideal. But at the moment, it probably is because, or it seems that way, because any spare time that Hendrik and I get together... I'm always working because Amandine is sleeping and that pretty much is the only time we get together is when Amandine's asleep. So I can see how it seems that way. So I'm not only getting a bit of mum guilt with having to do some work and I'm trying to encourage Amandine to do independent play, but also a bit of guilt around not being the best wife I can be to Hendrik because I'm working um, when really I should be enjoying the time uh, with him but you know you can't have it all (laughs) and there will be a point when I need to try and draft in some help whether that's nursery or more help from my mum she's actually like I said before coming up to help uh, with Amandine for the event which will be brilliant but that is the first time that I've asked my mum in 14 months to come up to stay over, to look after Amandine and to be Ofe Amandine every other time it's fallen on me or Hendrik has um, taken Amandine if he's been off. So it's a tricky balance and I do not have the balance right. I absolutely don't have the balance right and I'm sure that's why I'm tired and emotional and uh, exhausted and seemingly unorganised according to Hendrik. Um, because I think I just don't have the headspace to think about anything else um, and even the simplest things are not actually getting worked out when they need to be. So yes, there is a little bit of more that I think I need to be doing to get the balance right for myself. And also, you know, there's a balance. We don't necessarily have a tricky setup here at home with, um, I mean, no home is easy, but we don't have a kind of a Monday to Friday working week. Hendrik's roster is very much all over the place. It's different every single month. We don't have a weekend as such. So we don't put aside time that we have as family time um, to actually go make a plan, do something nice. Because Hendrik stays off so sporadic, we kind of just end up on that day thinking, oh, what are we going to do? Well, let's just go around for a walk around the village and then we'll just hang out at home and play and have a nice fire and although that's lovely on repetition it can maybe not be so great (laughs) um so I think that's tricky so we'll need to find a better balance for that and also it's I don't have I I'm not organized right now because I don't feel like I have the space to be organized to actually say this day I'm working I need you to take Amandine on this day um etc etc anyway I'll probably go into that more. I want to do more of a relationship podcast. Um, I just need to clear with Hendrik how much I can talk about and how much I can't. I want to get him on the podcast. By the way, so pretty much, I think it was 99% of you voted for Hendrik to come on the podcast. So he needs to come on. He needs to come on. He's just, he just doesn't want to. But he needs to come on. He will come on. Okay, what else do I want to talk to you about? Um, Play. Yeah, play. So... (laughs) This is again in the mum guilt, isn't it? Like, I really feel like now she's 14 months, she needs to be 
playing a lot more with other kids. Now, we're obviously not going to nursery. I've only ever done one thing with her as term, as far as baby groups go. I've only ever done swimming with her. Um, I, just, I haven't really ha- had the... Okay, maybe time's the wrong thing to say. I probably have had the time. I haven't made the time to do the baby groups with her. And I now feel like at, she's at the age where... I'd like her to be interacting a few more, uh, a bit more with kids. Um, so my friend and I have said that we're going to try and get together at least once a week so our babies can play together because they're both not in nursery. Um, and that will be our own little play date kind of thing. And then there's this really cool forest school, which is, or forest playtime or something, I don't know what it's called, nearby. And when Amandine can walk excuse me, quite confidently, we're thinking of taking them there. Um, It's just like an hour or so for them to be with other kids. They're out in the fresh air, they can play, which is just idyllic to me. That just sounds absolutely idyllic. Um, And it's on a set day every single week. And I think it'll be brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm really excited to hopefully take her to that when she's flipping walking. So I am encouraging walking. (laughs) Um, So I am going to now move on to some of your questions that you guys have sent through to me because I do want to give these the time that they deserve and hopefully uh okay let's get going with them um oh god where did that go where did that go come back come back come back come back here we go right yeah when is the right time for baby number two asking for a friend yeah me too I'm asking for a friend too So this was actually one of the reasons, and this is why I I haven't broadcasted this on social media. Um, This is one of the reasons I have stopped breastfeeding is the time right for us, because we would like to have baby number two. And as you guys know, if you've listened from day one, you'll know that our intention was always to have two babies fairly close together. Now... I think that's kind of gone out the window. I'm starting to realise my period didn't come back, hasn't come back. Um, I thought my period had come back literally the second I dropped breastfeeding. I'm not sure it did. I had some bleeding, some spotting. Whether that actually was my period coming back, I have no idea. Um, But it didn't go on like a normal period would, and it certainly isn't the kind of bleeding I would have expected to be my first period after giving birth. Um, So... We that was one of the, one of my reasons because I'd like to have my period back. I'd like to know when I'm ovulating, and I'd like to start trying for baby number two. So I don't know essentially when the right time is for baby number two. I guess when it feels natural and you're ready, and you feel your body is ready, and you would like to bring another little one into the world. But again, it's such a personal choice. It really is dependent on what you would like to do. I'm going to have to go and get Amaldine. She's awake and Hendrik is clearly not picking up on the noises that Amaldine is making. So Amaldine gets to feature in episode 10. Lucky her. One second, I'll be right back. Okay, we are back and I have a little Amaldine on my lap, which Amaldine hasn't recorded a podcast with me in forever, have you? Forever. She's sleepy and reaching for the mic. So let's keep our hands to ourselves and let's see if, if if we can actually work this out. Good girl. So what was I saying? I was answering your questions, wasn't I? Yeah, I mean, baby number two, who knows? Hey, who knows? I just think it's right for you when you're ready. 
um, and when your body's ready. That's all I can share with that, really. Right, weaning off a bottle, my little one refuses milk and anything else. I don't know that. I really don't know that. Amandine did great for the bottle a couple of times, but we we never really progressed with the bottle, I guess. Um, I kind of went back to, well, I mean, we did the bottle just a couple of times and then I just went back to exclusively breastfeeding. So I'm sorry, I can't really help you with that question. I will put that out um, to mums and see if we can get any help for you. Pros and cons on weaning a vegetarian diet. I'm not doing that. So again, I can't really um, say. Amandine has had the teeniest little bits of red meat. She's had some little bits of chicken. She doesn't eat a huge amount of fish um, only because we don't. We're trying to give her as much a varied diet as we possibly can. Um, but pros and cons, I'm not really the right person to um, answer that question. I would definitely go and check out SR Nutrition. She's a nutritionist and perhaps ask her a question. She does, I think it's on every Sunday, she does a Q&A um, on her Instagram and that would be a really good question to pop to her um, about the pros and cons on weaning on a vegetarian diet. But essentially, I guess if they're, they're getting everything that they need, um, then it, it shouldn't be a problem. But again, I have no expertise on that. What to do against stomach cramps for a four-week-old baby? Oh, that's so horrible, isn't it? Again, it's not... Amandine experienced it a little bit, but things that we did with her were, or things we should do, we did with you. I should talk to you, shouldn't I? Um, things that we did with Amandine were cycling her knees, pulling her knees up towards her chest, um, all that kind of stuff. Oh, are you saying hi? Or are you getting frustrated? There you go, have the headphones. Um, we would cycle her knees a little bit. And also, even though she didn't have reflux, I still put the reflux end of the snooze pod up on her cot. Um, and that really, really helped as well, actually, at the night time. So for the nighttime feeds and when you put them back in their cot then, um, that's what I would do for Amandine. Um, loads of people sending me hearts. So that's really sweet. Thanks so much. Um, stopping breastfeeding if baby won't take a bottle. Stopping mm. breastfeeding if baby won't take a bottle. Try cup. Um, I think that's what you're getting at. Are you asking me stopping breastfeeding if baby won't take a bottle? I guess it depends on how old your baby is and whether they need the milk to be, um... To be replaced so if they need the breast milk to be replaced with formula then I guess you really would need them to take a bottle um, so I would seek some advice on that um, if obviously they're one and above and they don't need that necessarily then maybe try a cup for little sips of extra bits of milk or try um, getting it across in their diet somehow Bottle advice. Where could you go for bottle advice? I will try and find someone who um, can help with things about um, struggling with bottle. Um, yeah, I will try and I'll try and find someone and share that over the next week or so. Dealing with relatives who smoke. Yeah, that's really tricky actually. Um, that is really really tricky one. I think you've just got to put your baby's needs first and I, they shouldn't be offended but I think you probably just need to say, you know, when I'm when I'm round and about, would it be possible to 
not smoke around Amaldine or I, it's something I haven't had to deal with um, but I can imagine that could be quite difficult because you don't want to offend anyone of course it's a decision that they've made to do um, but you know you don't want the effects of that going to your baby so um, I think you probably need to be quite firm kind but firm and just say but you know, please please don't smoke around me I'm sure they'll understand right the dreaded four-month sleep progression. Did you and A experience it? That's hilarious. Amandine, you've just put, she just put the headphones on her head and was listening through the headphones. Are you listening to mummy through the headphones? Are you? So cute. Yeah. The four-month sleep progression. I'm really sorry, but I don't think we experienced yeah. it. I know so many people do, but I don't think we did. I'm really, really sorry. Um... Yeah, it happens for sure. Most people do experience it. Um, I would just say, try not to think about it as a regression. Try and think about it as a progression. They're doing this because they're taking the next leap. They are, um, you know, growing into themselves. This is all growth. So, yeah, I, I would say... Um, Try and see the positive and try and keep to your schedule, maybe. Again, sleep-wise, taking care of babies, I will always say this, but taking care of babies is... Hey, hey, kiddo, you want to go down here? You want to go on the floor? Why don't you go crawl around a little bit? Taking care of babies is brilliant, so definitely go and check out Cara at Taking Care of Babies, where she, I think, references the four-month sleep. She also calls it a progression rather than a regression. Um, but, yeah, definitely advice um, from her would be helpful. Would love to know about your weaning journey and any fave meals that are easy to prep. Yeah, so... Um, our weaning journey, I, I, I know. Our weaning journey is going really well at the moment. Um, she is just pretty much eating what we eat. I certainly have my on and off days with what I'm giving her. Like today, she got um, puff pastry with cheese melted and some tomatoes and some yogurt with mashed pear. She didn't get the best lunch. She had a huge bowl of porridge, loads of blueberries. She's had a saksuma today, so she's had lots of fruit and things like that. Um, so I'm not too worried. Um, easy things to prep. I would say things like sweet potato um, curries with spinach and loads of vegetables and maybe put some peanut butter in. All that kind of stuff really easy to do big portion sizes of. That's what I like to cook. Or um, like Amaldine loves tomato-based dishes. She loves things with coconut milk in. Um, but just things that you can bulk cook. Maybe make a nice soup. So I made a really big green soup for Amaldine. And of course, green soup and and you can give to kind of any age baby if you're starting off weaning um go back and have quite a, a read through my older podcasts uh which are talking a little bit more about weaning um sorry i just had to rescue amandine from heading out the door because she is loving going down the stairs all by herself um yes you do so with weaning, I would definitely say um, follow SR Nutrition. She's brilliant. Also follow Weaning 15, Joe Wicks. He is absolutely great, especially with um, quick, easy foods for... Yeah, Papa's downstairs. Quick, easy food for uh, babies. I follow loads of his recipes and 
actually think they are brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. So definitely go and follow his account. I will do a little bit more on the weaning journey and how we're getting on in series six. Um, and I really hope to also get someone back in to talk more about weaning um, as I think it's a really brilliant topic. But one thing I do want to say is there are lots of people on weaning accounts who share brilliant stuff that they're making for their babies. But sometimes from an onlooker's point, from you know me going onto their account and I'm thinking, oh my God, how is their baby eating all of that? Their baby eats that much food? I think it's important to show how much um, and it's something that I want to do every time I show a um, food picture or something I've made for Amandine, the before and the after, because otherwise you're, you can be left feeling like, oh my goodness, okay, um, my baby is not eating nearly anything like that and how much they left and how much they refuse. Like Amandine refuses um, a lot of food that I make her, so I never want anyone to feel like you know we've got this down because we haven't you know she refuses a lot of food so it is important to always take people's this this is everything with social media though take people's posts with a pinch of salt um because it's not always going down as you think it is <laughs> and on that note and Amandine is literally lying down okay I'm going to share a picture of what Amandine is doing right now because she is essentially just lying down on the carpet with her um, hand under her head, taking a little bit more of a nap. Yeah, I'm back to bed, Amandine. I'm going to leave it there. Um, I have to go and now be back to be my mum. Um, and I will see you guys for season six. However, there's totally a bonus episode, isn't there? I was going to let it be a surprise, but there will be. There'll be a sneaky little bonus episode before Christmas, I promise you. Thank you all so much for listening to series five i really really appreciate it a huge huge thanks to all of you Amandine, i'm just coming baby a huge thanks to all of you this is this is like proper real <laughs> mum life isn't it right here for you come here come here come here come here come and say goodbye to everybody with me come say goodbye to everybody with me yeah and I also just want to say a massive thank you to Bugaboo, who, as you've been aware throughout the series, um, we have been talking about them and I've been sharing my experience with the Bugaboo Fox and the Bugaboo Ant, the ones that they've very kindly gifted to me. But I do want to say a huge thank you to them because they've been so supportive and they are so pro everything that we do at Mum Talk. Um, just a huge, huge, huge thank you for absolutely everything. So I will see you guys back for the bonus episode in just a couple of weeks in early December. I will let you guys know when it comes out, but check in on social media and if you guys have any questions, I'll do a, when I'm not doing the podcast, I will do a little Q&A every now and again on Instagram if there's anything that I can be of help with. But yeah, do, do ask me your questions um, and I will put them out on Instagram if I haven't touched on them today. Um, and we'll try and get some other mums sharing their experiences with you all because that's what it's all about us all bringing all of our knowledge together because we are all in this together all right lots of love to you all have a lovely rest of your week Mwah! mum talk is supported by bugaboo a world of innovative products that give every parent the confidence and freedom for the journey ahead and we've 
got this for Mum Talk podcast listeners a 10% saving on Bugaboo products available this month, November 2019. So visit bugaboo.com forward slash Mum Talk using promo code MUMTALK10 at checkout, capital letters, and choose the pram, pushchair, stroller, car seat, or accessory to suit your lifestyle. Terms and conditions apply. Bugaboo reserve the right to terminate this offer at any time.